Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. <laughs> What's wrong with you? My first thought would be a lot. Contact Henry Show. Whatever he is, he destroys. Daniel Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Canon Production proudly brings to you the best wrestling talk show in the world, the K-Dog, Ken Reedy, the man your girlfriend still talks about, Dave Rosenbluth. This is the Ken Reedy Show. And if you ain't down with that, or if your girlfriend ain't down with that, we only got two words for you. Well, thank you for tuning in. This is the Ken Reedy Show, blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Appreciate you tuning us in today. Give us a call. Our phone number is 347-838-9815. That number again, 347-838-9815. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We got an opinion poll going right now. Curious if you're going to be ordering the next WWE pay-per-view over the limit. So we'd like to hear your reasons why or why not you will be ordering that pay-per-view. That's running right now. On our Facebook, we're going to get to that a little later on. But we got some big announcements. First off, though, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you, Ken? Doing all right. Quite a week in professional wrestling, and we're going to get into all the crazy stuff that's gone on. But first, we have a couple of special announcements. Um, Due to the fact that people are getting on the bus here, the Ken Reedy Show, it seems like we're growing week by week. And again, thank you all for listening. Uh, we got some people out there that are promoting us. Uh, you know, thanks to First Class Vladimir Joseph, who's been posting uh, on his page about us, a fabulous indie wrestler. Um, so we're, we get more and more people that are jumping on the bus here. And so we decided we, we got to go. We have we need to get T-shirts. There needs to be Ken Reedy Show T-shirts. So bring T-shirts. And what we're going to do, we're going to run a contest. We're going to run a contest here at the Ken Reedy Show. Here's what we're going to do. If you are going to a pro wrestling event, if you bring a sign with the Ken Reedy Show on the sign and it gets on camera, we will send you a free Ken Reedy Show t-shirt. That's right, for free, a Ken Reedy Show t-shirt. So what you do is you make your sign, take a picture with your sign, and then bring it to the event. If it gets on camera, we will send you a T-shirt. And you know what? If we don't catch it, if you take a shot of, you know, the TV screen or whatever, we didn't see it, and you get a shot of it on the screen to prove that it got on camera, that's good enough for us. So we'll send you a Ken Reedy Show T-shirt. And just as an added bonus, if you happen to go to an indie show and you want to bring a sign with you, Take a picture of you and the sign in the arena, and we'll send you a T-shirt as well. So we're trying to get it out there. It's grassroots. You guys help us. We'll help you. Make a Ken Reedy Show sign. Take it to an arena. 
Get it on camera. Take a picture. Post it on our Facebook. And we'll be sure to send right out to you a Ken Reedy Show t-shirt. Our other announcement is big news. Big news. June 11th. There is a special Monday Night Raw in Hartford, Connecticut. A special three-hour Raw. And not only is that a special three-hour Raw for the WWE, it is a special night for the Ken Reedy Show. Because that night we're going to do, we're going to do a pregame. Instead of Sunday night that week, we're going to go on Monday. We're going to go six to eight, a lead into Monday Night Raw. But not only that, our man Dave Rose is going to be on location in Hartford, covering for us, getting crowd reaction, getting a vibe, getting a feel of the arena before the event this start. Are you excited, Dave? I'm very excited. Uh, Raw doesn't come to Hartford too much these days anymore in the Connecticut area. Um, it usually comes to uh, the smaller venues like uh, the Mohegan Sun Arena at the casino because that holds about 10,000 or so. The WWE used to run a lot of big-time events in Hartford, um, just to name a few. Saturday night's main event in 1987, uh, the site where the controversial uh, finish of the uh, Hulk Hogan-Paul Orndorff steel cage match for both guys jumped out of the cage simultaneously. Also, Hartford, Connecticut was the um, host of WrestleMania, WrestleMania 11, where Lawrence Taylor was in the main event against uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, Lawrence Taylor, former uh, New York Giants linebacker. And, of course, the 1990 Survivor Series where we saw the debut of The Undertaker. Um, so Hartford had some pretty big moments. Last time Raw was in Hartford was in uh, 2009, uh, December of 2009, and the only noteworthy uh, moment from that show was the announcement that Vince McMahon made that Bret Hart was returning to the WWE to host the following week's uh, Monday Night Raw. So uh, this being a three-hour event, there's rumors it could be the draft. There's rumors it could be a King of the Ring tournament. Sometimes it, around this time of year, they do a, a special uh, uh, viewer's choice Cyber Sunday-like three-hour Raw, so who knows what this event's going uh, to be, but um, it should be a good show. I'm definitely pumped, and uh, I'm going to be, you know, downtown Hartford uh, surveying all the action in, in hopes that, uh, you know, the Ken Reedy show uh, gets out there amongst uh, the WWE universe of Hartford, Connecticut. So that would be a perfect opportunity, perfect night, because you'd be there, so if you see Dave Hartford, bring your Ken Reedy show signs. Dave could take pictures of you. It'd be great. That'd be a great night to kick it off. Bring your signs. We'll send you out a free T-shirt. The other thing, not only is Dave going to be live in Hartford, Connecticut, but we, myself, I'm getting out of the studio for a night. I'm packing everything up. I'm getting out. And we're going to be at the Peppermill South in Congress, New York. There's the Peppermill South in Congress, New York. For wrestling fans, you may recognize the back of the bar, because if you go to YouTube and check out Nunzio's uh promo that he did uh, advertising his appearance at the Extreme Reunion. He did it behind the peppermint. So that's, that's we're going to be there. Um, and Nunzio, former Cruiserweight Championship holder, going to be in attendance at the Peppermill South that night. So we're going to be out at the Peppermill having a couple of cocktails, having some great food. They have great food there at the Peppermill. So come on down. Congress, New York, the Peppermill South. Come on out that night, June 11th. We're going to do a pregame for Raw. 
And then we're going to hang out and watch the three-hour Raw at the bar for the evening. So out and about, we're going to have a great time. I'm inviting everyone out. Come on down to the Peppermill South and come on out and hang with us. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some other guests and some people to call in. It should be a really, really fun night, and it's a great bar, great atmosphere there. So there'll be Dave out there in Connecticut, myself at the Peppermill South in Congress, New York. So if you're in Connecticut, try and find Dave in the crowd and go say hi. And if you happen to be in the Congress, New York, New York, northern New Jersey area, come on down to the Peppermill South and hang out while we do the Monday Night Raw pregame and have a night of wrestling in Congress, New York. Wow, so many great things going on, Dave. And you know what? The indie scene in this area is alive and well, and it, it makes me happy. And this week I had the privilege of going to PWS, Pro Wrestling Syndicate's Refuse to Lose event. And I tell you, man, they put on a good show. Congratulations to all the performers there at PWS. Uh, one thing i got to commend them on, and that's really I wanted to lead in uh, with the wrestling talk with, with PWS, very, very well-organized event. Uh, they had their shit together. Last year, I got a package where I went to a today's baseball event. Horribly organized. Incredibly just, just terrible. Uh, good event, good matches, terribly organized. PWS, they had security milling around, keeping the lines moving, keeping the lines organized. Uh, the event was good. Everything was really well put together logistically. So I commend uh, the PWS for putting together a really cool event. Refuse to lose. Um, it was very cool. I actually got to meet Bret Hart, which was awesome. Um, and the coolest thing, man, and I got I to gotta call out some wrestling fans because they had pictures for sale there to get signed by Bret. And I went and picked a picture of Bret having Stone Cold in the sharpshooter passing out in a pool of his own blood. When I saw that picture, I'm like, that's the picture to get signed. And it was late in the, the process as far as him signing autographs. And when I handed him the picture, he looks at me and goes, wow, that's a cool pick. That's a really neat pick. Where'd you get it? I'm like, that over there at the table. He's like, wow, that's a, that's a cool picture. And I'm standing there thinking, man, how did not Every wrestling fan picked that picture to get signed. How'd you pick on any other picture? I was shocked that that Bret Hart was was uh, surprised at, at at seeing that picture. I felt like it was the first time he saw a picture over the course of the evening. I mean, they had some pictures with him in the WWE title. Uh, they actually had a picture of him with Owen, which was cool. Um, but man, like I, I just saw that picture. I'm like, I gotta get that one signed. And. Uh, I said, to, it's funny, because I said to Brett, um, when he said he liked the picture, I said, I just got to tell you, man, you know, to me, you made Stone Cold. If there was not Bret Hart, there probably would not be a Stone Cold. And it was funny, because he just looked at me and said, thanks. So he, he didn't say, no, 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 Stone Cold. No, he said thanks. So I I think he likes taking a little bit of credit for uh, how big Stone Cold got. So it was cool meeting Brett. And... Uh, I guess I got a, had the opportunity, the privilege actually, to hang out with Matt Hardy a bit. Um, got to talk with him a little bit after the event. Uh, we actually went out for a little bit uh, for dinner and uh, some cocktails after the event. And you know, I don't know. You know, I didn't get into specifics with him, and 
for all the, the issues he may have had in the not so distant past, um, he looked great. He really did look great. Uh, the eyes were clear. Uh, great conversation. We, we wound up actually bullshitting a lot uh, about the uh, the Walking Dead and Sons of Anarchy. So, uh, we even got away from from talking wrestling. But uh, you know, good guy, laughing a lot, having a good time. Mind seems clear. Seems like he's in a good place. And he actually said that he's really enjoying. Uh, doing the indie thing because he can make his own schedule and, you know, he knows when he's going. I mean, it's a lot of traveling, but uh, he's enjoying doing the indie scene right now. So kudos to Matt for putting all the bullshit behind you and, and looking good in the ring and uh, uh, looking good otherwise. So kudos all around. PWS uh, really, really kicking ass. Um, so if you're a wrestling fan, if you're an indie fan, Go check the Pro Wrestling Syndicate. See when they got another show coming up. Uh, make sure you go check them out because they know how to put it on. And there's one thing that I got to ask. If anyone was at this event, there was a guy, and Dave, you would be amazed, but there was this guy that had to be at least 400 pounds, minimum 400 pounds. This guy, not once, not twice, three times, Moonsault off the top rope. That's unbelievable. Impressive. It was unbelievable. He had it by far. Look, this show had, I mean, Brett was there, and, and he had like a thank you, Brett chant. He was the honorary commissioner. Uh, Colt Cabana was there. Uh, Matt Hardy, Teddy Hart, um, Maria. Uh, you know, there, there were some stars. Rebby Sky, uh, Jillian, uh, Jay Lethal. By far, this guy, the big guy. Got the biggest pop of the night. The place was nuts. And everyone kept yelling again after he did it the first time. He got up and went and did it again. It took him a few times to actually get to the top rope. <laughs> but once he got there, it was maybe the most insane thing uh, I've ever seen. It prompted uh, the whole uh, g- gymnasium to uh, jump into a yes chant um, afterwards. It was incredible. But this it happened on a run-in. So they weren't in the match. They weren't introduced. So I never got the guy's name. And afterwards, when I was talking to Matt, I said to Matt, do you know that guy's name? He's like, no, I didn't get it. So I got to find out who this guy is because someone needs to sign him. Any guy that big that do that needs to be on TV often. Um, it, it was pretty impressive. So uh, if anyone was at the PWS event or knows, uh, this guy, like, give us a call or, or put it on Facebook. 400-pound uh, guy who can do a moonsault off the top rope. So let, let me know if you know who he is. Give us a call. We are underway here, out and about. So many things to get to tonight on the Ken Reedy Show. Check us out on Facebook. Again, we want to know, are you going to be ordering the pay-per-view, the next WWE pay-per-view over the limit or not and Why? And give us a call, 347-838-9815. The number again, 347-838-9815. This was a crazy week in professional wrestling. We got so much to talk about, and we're going to start with this.
capital S, capital T, capital I, capital F, capital F. That was a stiff match. Incredible match. Uh, perhaps the match of John Cena's career. Um, what were you thinking while you were watching that, Dave? I, you know what? I really don't know what I was, I don't remember what I was thinking. The only thing I could think of, I was like, these guys are definitely earning their money tonight. I mean, it was just brutal. And then like, yeah, I was getting my money's worth. I'll say that much watching it. I mean, when Cena got busted open that from that first elbow to the top of the head from Lesnar, I was watching the pay-per-view at Hooters, and I said, what, "I said, even though we're about a half hour away before the show ends, I go, wouldn't it be kind of cool for the storyline purpose if the referee just stopped the match, only for the only to sell the 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 the, the devastation that Lesnar brought to Cena with that out because that elbow and those strikes, like, you know that." That hurt. I mean, I, I you, you watch, you can tell it. It really did hurt. And I thought it would really kind of put over Lesnar and, uh, you know, his the destruction that he brings um, to the match. But uh, I was just like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, 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 don't, I don't have words to describe. Like, it was just brutal. It was a badass match. Like, these guys really beat the shit out of each other. And, um, and it definitely it, – it, it definitely, you know, this, this wrestling fan over here was was uh, was entertained by it. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with this match. I mean, I do, and we, we go back and, and look at other matches, and we really want to analyze it. But but my gut uh, coming out of this match is you know, match of Cena's career. I mean, I, I thought, you know, it even got to the point where it almost seemed like the Chicago crowd really wanted to boo him. And it's like, ah, shit, we just, we can't. We we can't boo this guy. I mean, he put it out there. Um, I, I thought there was so much with this match that was well done. It was so well put together. Um, coming at WrestleMania, dropping a match to The Rock, um, you know, to have to have a match of this sort of brutality. Um, I thought it was great for the, the Cena character. Um, that he's a guy that will just just continue to persevere, um, and and I think that's what they're trying to portray with with this character, um, you know. And he he took beating, and and it got to a point where almost I mean we were watching it and you just started thinking, which again is great for wrestling when you're an old time fan and you know you, you you're able to figure out most of what's going to happen next. I mean, we're sitting watching, thinking, was that just supposed to happen? Like was that was that elbow in the script? Was he supposed to like? Is, I mean, I mean, it was immediate. That that elbow went across the forehead and just there was blood and there was blood everywhere. You know, like well, he def he definitely didn't blade. Now the, the question is, you know, did Cena's did they they script it that way? Did they say you know we're gonna make this brutal? Give me an elbow across the head. Did they were they looking for blood? Was the blood an accident? Who knows. Um, but number one, that match was not PG by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and, and it brings up an interesting point with the PG rating. Um, and this is kind of what I, I've said uh, over the years with, with Peter, or the year, years, with the PG rating. Um, you know, why can't you do this every now and again? I, it doesn't, you know, wrestling doesn't have to be a gore fest. It doesn't need to have a bloodbath, 
you know, all the time. But you know what? Once or twice a year, you wind up throwing a match like this in, in here just to kind of illustrate a certain brutality or a certain hatred between two performers. It adds a lot. Uh, but this match is one of the stiffest I've ever watched. Uh, these two look like they were hitting each other hard. The way they put together the match, the way they worked the match, I thought was absolutely tremendous because, let's face it, Brock Lesnar is not in Brock Lesnar shape. It's hilarious when they show his, his intro video, and it's like he wishes he looked like that. You know, you see him hopping around on the Titantron, and then he takes his shirt off, and he's got kind of a a muscular, pale, cottage cheese kind of look to him right now. And... uh but the way they worked the match without making it look obvious, there was enough time for Lesnar to catch his breath. Uh, I thought it was a, as much as I thought Cena Rock was a very good match, there were times where, you know, there was, it was almost like there was too much for The Rock to do, and he was looking winded. Uh, the Brock Cena match, they worked really well. Gave Cena, uh, they gave Lesnar ample time to kind of catch his breath. So he never looked winded. There was just a lot of time where, Cena was being tended to doctors, or Cena was, you know, near death outside the ring. Uh, and there were a lot of moments like that, uh, which worked really well for Lesnar working the match. I mean, you can even tell by, you know, midway through the match, I mean, Lesnar's sweating bullets, and, you know, Cena's hardly sweating at all. So you could you could tell who was in, in ring shape and who wasn't. Um, but I, I thought the match was absolutely tremendous. It definitely, I don't think, I mean, people can... Then I'll get your take on it, Dave. People can say what they want about the the match and everything. And and first off, I, as far as Lesnar, fuck Brock Lesnar. All right, you know I could give a shit about Brock Lesnar, and supposedly he threw a temper tantrum at the end, uh, you know, in the back. And again, I say fuck Brock Lesnar. All right, Brock comes around, you know, signs his big deal, and he gets his money. I could give a shit on whether we need to make Brock look strong or look weak or Cena's got to go out on a stretcher so Lesnar doesn't, yada, yada, yada. The way the match ended, Lesnar looked strong enough. He killed Cena. Cena prevailed. Lesnar didn't look weak by the way that the match ended. I mean, you know, Cena said it in that promo. I, you know, I got no arm and take no blood. So Lesnar did not look weak at the end of that match. I was fine with the end. I was fine with the promo. Um, as it, when they went into Raw with Triple H, you know, Lesnar looks anything but weak. Um, so these rumors of a temper tantrum by Lesnar because uh, Cena was supposed to go out on a stretcher, I, I really could give a shit. I thought it was fine. Um, I was okay with the promo at the end. He got a cheap pop, but whatever. I mean, this guy, like, you know, gives it 300 days a year, and he doesn't get enough respect from the fans uh, as it is. If he wants to... He's been doing this. He's here. He's here night in, night out. If he, if he, you know, maybe legitimately he thought that he was going to need surgery and he was going to go down for a while, who knows whether it was a complete work or maybe he thought he was injured, but whatever. Uh, I was okay with the promo. I was okay with, with the end of the match. Um, I don't think – I think it was one of those things where you don't see it often in wrestling, but to me it was a win-win. Cena came out of this match looking like gold. I mean, it was possibly the match of his career. And you know what? Lesnar still looked like a badass. Lesnar beat the shit out of John Cena. And if not for taking a chain-wrapped chain fist to the head, Lesnar probably would have won the match. So 
I don't think either guy lost in this match. I thought they both came out looking strong, which, again, is rare in wrestling that both guys come out looking strong. What did you think, Dave? Oh, I thought it was tremendous. I, I, I really enjoyed the match. Um, and it, it, it definitely exceeded my expectations. Uh, I do want to comment, though, um, you know, you, you mentioned the, the match with Rock. And uh, Dave LaGreca from uh, Busted Open, he posted a picture on uh, his Facebook page of Dave LaGreca, a friend of the, of the Ken Reedy show. Um, he posted a picture on the page, and the picture was of uh, CM Punk from doing the leap from the top rope to the announcer's table on the Jericho during their street fight. And I'll get into that later. But um, he, the title of the, uh, the picture said, Pay-Per-View of the Year. And um, I made a comment where I said, uh, well, I wouldn't go as far as pay-per-view of the year, but it was a great show. It was definitely above-average pay-per-view than what you would expect from the one of the non-four or not the, the big four pay-per-views. Um, but um, another person, I don't know the person's name in particular, but he made a comment. He was like, that match was ten times better than Cena and Rock at WrestleMania, and, and it was better than WrestleMania in, in general, and, and uh, you know. And my point <clears throat> through this whole thing is is that the Brock Lesnar-John Cena story is a completely different story than the John Cena-Rock story from WrestleMania. John Cena and The Rock, that story was about who was the best. There were two guys from different generations who wanted to find out who was the best, okay? And they had a, a straight-up wrestling match to, to find out who was the best. That main event at WrestleMania. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Brock Lesnar and John Cena was a personal story. The story, if, you know, <clears throat> excuse me again, I'm sorry. The story, if, if, what it was, was that Lesnar came back because he wanted to make money and beat people up and do it whenever he wanted to do it. And John Cena is towing the company line and took offense to it. And Lesnar went for the biggest dog in the yard in John Cena, and John Cena took offense to it. So it was personal. There's two different, you know, you got to understand that with some of, some of the fans out there. It, they're two completely different stories. Of course, when you see a little bit of blood, and plunder, and it's, there's no rules in the match. People are obviously going, oh, well, that was ten times better than Rock and Cena. Both matches hold their own place in their own right. And Lesnar and Cena was a fantastic match on Sunday. Absolutely great. It was a good, stiff brawl. It was brutal. It, it was definitely something we hadn't seen in recent years. You see your typical no disqualification, no rules match, and they're pretty much all the same. But these two, you know, especially coming from where Brock Lesnar is, Brock Lesnar came from the mixed martial arts world, um, and he's now coming into the choreographed, you know, but all the physical world of professional wrestling, and um, things are going to get a little stiff and physical with him. He's a big guy. He's he's a physical athlete, and John Cena's no slouch either. Um, so it made for a very it made for a very good match, all the elements and you know, you mentioned about the temper tantrum that Lesnar had. It's been reported it's a work or it's a shoot or whatever. It was reported that Cena's injury was a shoot, but sources close to our show say that he completely worked Vince and you know, that's why Lesnar went off on the temper tantrum. That's all irrelevant now at this point. Um but overall the, I can't really find anything bad about that match, with the exception of maybe Lesnar taking that dive out to the floor and almost blowing his knees out 
Other than huh. that, I got no, I got no complaints about this match. I thought it was awesome. Great way to end the pay per view. The crowd was hot, and the other you mentioned the crowd too. Well, this would be my final point about this. The crowd in Chicago always a hot crowd. I stated that last week's show. They are going to be hot for this show, and they were, and they were especially hot for this match. And you mentioned how they kind of found it hard to boo Cena. Remember. Chicago fans are smart fans. They're like New York fans. So when a wrestler leaves and does something else and turns their back on the wrestling community, fans of, fans of Chicago, they take it personal, especially the especially the Chicago fans. So they knew that they're pretty smart and, you know, hip to the beat. They know that Lesnar is there to make money and a lot of money and to do it on, limited, on a limited basis. So I think they – also gained a newfound respect for John Cena. At the same time, they looked at Brock Lesnar as an outsider. And Brock Lesnar was basically, you know, he was obviously the storyline heel, but to those fans, like, they wanted to see Lesnar get hurt and send a message like, this is what you get for leaving. You know what I mean? So, overall, great match. It's a match of the year candidate, and it definitely... uh, it, it definitely uh, helped uh, the, add more excitement to that pay-per-view and closed off the show on a great note. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, kudos to the WWE because, I mean, look, nobody's perfect, and, and if we wanted to sit here and be negative, we could pick out stuff, you know, that's, that we don't like. And But right now, wrestling fan, I, I just think it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, you know, this month, no WrestleMania hangover, uh, a great look. I'm. I don't know if it is, um, but you know what? We had WrestleMania, and WrestleMania was a solid pay per view. And coming out of WrestleMania, there were some people who were saying, "Well, right there, that's uh, a candidate for pay per view of the year, right there." And then we had the next pay per view. And people are saying, oh, here's a candidate for pay-per-view of the year. We've had two pay-per-views in a row that there are people out there that are saying this could be a candidate for pay-per-view of the year. And you know what? We have two pay-per-views where you can have, whether it's uh, Cena Brock, uh, Punk versus Jericho at both WrestleMania and at Extreme Rules, um, match of the year candidates. So you've had two really solid pay-per-views. Um, and the one thing I thought about with the WWE and with the Lesnar Cena thing, you know, it's it's been with the WWE that they, ha- you know, they have the PG rated. They're PG. They're more family oriented, and they kind of leave it open. You know, if you're going to compete with them, then maybe you should do the blood thing because uh, the WWE is not doing the blood thing. I thought that Extreme Rules and the brutality of this match uh, did a lot, perhaps to hurt TNA, uh, because TNA had their big lockdown pay-per-view, and that's supposed to be their brutal pay-per-view. And, you know, there was some blood in it, but when you have their brutal pay-per-view, and they're the guys that don't have the PG rating, and everyone in the wrestling world is talking about the brutality in Brock versus Cena, uh, to me, I thought it discredited lockdown uh, a little bit, as far as lockdown being you know, the uber-violent pay-per-view. So I thought this kind of hurt them a bit, even though I thought that was a an entertaining pay-per-view. Uh, not great. But why don't we head out to the phones? Tony, are you there? Yes. Yep. How, How are you doing, doing man? I'm here, guys. How's it going? 
Uh, I'm going. I'm doing pretty good, actually. Yeah, I was. Uh, also, the Raw. I'll be. I'll be at that. The June 11th. You're gonna be in hard. I will be there. Yep. Nice. So yeah, have to go find Dave. Yeah, hopefully that'd be really cool if I get to meet you guys. If I get to meet you, Dave. Cool. Yeah, bring a sign. I, well, I, I'll I'll come up with one and see what we can. You know, hopefully it'll make. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll. You know, hopefully I can come up with one and it'll make the air. <laughs> Thanks. So, what did yeah. you think of Extreme Rules? I actually, uh, I didn't watch it because we don't do the forty-five bucks was is kind of a little high for a pay-per-view, but from what I heard, you know, it was, I heard it was, you know, a great show, just like everything you were saying about Cena and uh, Lesnar, it, um, it was just, like, great stuff. Um, you know, like Buy the DVD, it, it's worth it. I was just going to say, yeah, if I can find it, it's probably, like, I think it's going to be, like, for like, fifth, like, 15 bucks or something. I think, hell, yeah, I'll get that. Uh, yeah, buy yeah, the I'll, DVD, I'll, I'll probably be worth it. What? I'll probably buy that DVD. I mean, I, I don't buy, I mean, honestly... I get WrestleMania every year when it comes out, um, and a few years back when the box set came out, you know, I got the box set. I generally do not buy pay-per-views. I don't buy events. Like, I, I'll buy, you know, the, the regular DVDs, the tribute DVDs. I'll buy those. I don't buy pay-per-views. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to, when this one comes out, I'm going to get it. it. It was just that good. Yeah, same here. You know, like I said, I usually, I, I, I'll get the, you know, like I usually get WrestleMania too, just to see the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony and everything. And um, you know, like if they have like a compilation DVDs, I'll get a few of those. But uh, usually, yeah, you know, usually, um, like I said, the pay per views I usually don't get, but this one I, this one I might get the DVD of, you know. So, you know, they got they got me on that one. You know, they got me for that one. <laughs> um, but uh, what the hell was I gonna say? As far as uh, you know, like I said, the Cena. Um, promo at the end of the show, I mean, uh, at the end of Extreme Rules, I think, you know, that was, that. I think I think they were trying to test uh, Brock to see how he would react if, um, things, if uh, the show wasn't going to end the way he uh, expected or something, because I heard, you know, I heard that they uh, didn't run it through him, the scene promo. Well, you know, I mean, like, as far as Brock goes, I mean, again, like, they don't have to. Get over yourself, Brock. They're paying you a boatload of money. They don't have to tell you. He's John Cena. He's the the centerpiece of the WWE. If he decided or Vince McMahon or him and Vince decided, you know what, Brock? You're on a need-to-know basis. You're here for the money. Take the money. But, I, I mean, get over yourself. You're a guest. I mean, that's how I look at it. Yeah, so that is, yeah, yeah, that is that is one way to look at it. So, you know, true enough. Yeah, it's uh, it's like you know, I guess you know, they wanted to see if he would still react the same way he did after uh, you know he uh, you know the way he did back in two thousand four. But uh, so I don't know what they're going to do from here. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing it's going to after what happened on Monday. I guess I'm guessing it's going to lead to uh, Lesnar against Triple H at some point. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm, I'm really. Uh, well, I don't know if I really want to see that, but uh, it looks like that's the only. It's like about the only thing they can do right now for Lesnar. Well, the only thing like, you know, it's interesting. What, what I what I was thinking, and this is just me speculating on on wrestling and and the business and how they do things. Um, see, my my thought is, from what I heard from Lesnar's contract, like it, it averaged out to two raws a month for the year, something like that. Yeah. But who knows? I mean. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be doing two Raws every month. So what I think they're going to do, and this is me just, this is a prediction. I think we're going to lead into 
He's gonna he's on suspension for a while. He'll be off TV for a little bit. When Triple H finally comes back, Triple H is going to, you know, want vengeance, and there there will be a match, and Brock is going to kill Triple H. That's what's going to happen. He's going to destroy Triple H. What I think they will do then, because I think eventually they're going to lead into Brock versus Undertaker at WrestleMania, and as one of the not the key to to sell. I mean, that match in and of itself will sell itself, but to add some drama to it. Triple H will be able to say, you know, I took you to the limit. I almost ended your streak, and this guy killed me. You need to not face this guy. Retire at 20-0. and 0. Uh, Something to that effect. I think they're going to use – I think this whole Triple H-Brock thing is going to be used in some way, shape, or form for Brock Undertaker down the road a piece. That would that would be a really awesome way to book that to book that storyline, you know, even um, to set it up for Brock and Undertaker. I mean, you know, if, if they do Taker and if Lesnar even agrees to go against Taker, because remember he left because he didn't want a job to him. So, right. Um, yeah, I think Brock's got to the point though; he'll just take the paycheck. Probably at this point, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but you know, I, even you know, like uh, Taker, you know, it's like I don't, I guess you know. I, I don't even know if he'll be able, if he can still go in another year, you know, like next year or whatever. I guess he'll be, you know, like if he just does the personal mania once a year, maybe. But uh, you know, um, like you said, like you were saying, like you know, Triple H against Brock, maybe a SummerSlam or so or something, and then just like, you know, like Lesnar can just like be like, like you say, he can just kill him, and then uh, eventually, you know, like what you were just saying, um, you know, like when, you know, come WrestleMania time next year, Undertaker rolls around and he, uh, and, you know. Lesnar says like he's got no one left to fight or whatever because he took out Cena, he took out Triple H, and then you can hear you know the lights can go out and you hear the gong and then you know it's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know. What do you think about that? That's kind of it's funny. That's exactly how I see it playing out. I feel I see Brock, you know, being the ultimate badass. And again, I don't think people can say what they want. I don't think Brock looks weak right now. I still think he looks strong. And yeah, I. I Totally could see him out there saying, you know, I got no competition, and then the the dong hits, and you know, Taker just looks at him and gives the the throat slashing sign. Um, that yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I see it unfolding. Um, it's the only, I mean, for me, um, it's the only thing that makes this whole Triple H Brock Lesnar thing make sense. I don't know if they don't, if they're not, they're not going to go in that direction. I don't know what the point is between starting up a, a rivalry between Triple H and, and Brock Lesnar, unless you're looking to the future to, you know, and you had the end of an era with Triple I mean, I just think it all fits well uh, with, go, with going forward. And, and, you know, how do you take Taker at, I mean, this was an end of an era match, you know, an end of an era. So how do you move forward and, you know, continue the streak and continue to have Taker be relevant uh, for WrestleMania. And to me, using Triple H with Brock Lesnar, Brock for Triple H, uh, Brock versus Undertaker, just makes the most sense as far as working the, the storyline for for the year. Um, but who knows? I could be completely wrong. Pure speculation on my part. Anything else you'd like to share with us, It would be a damn good storyline. Yeah. I, I, I keep saying I should be working for him. Uh, well, when you make when you make sense, WWE tends to not hire you. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, Tony, as always, thank you so much for the call. 
You guys out there, check us out. Tony is our guest blogger. He always recaps all the shows, Raw, SmackDown, Impact. Check him out on the KenReadyShow.com. Look forward to call every week, Tony. Thanks a lot for giving us the buzz. All right, no problem, and I'll be uh, calling in again soon. You know, and Dave, hopefully I'll get to meet you in Hartford. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll link up. We'll definitely hang out. I'll uh, I'll send you some information on Facebook, and uh, we'll uh, I'll, I'll show you how the Rosenblues do it when it comes to attending uh, wrestling events. Oh, cool. Cool. Have a good one, man. Take you it easy. Ah, uh, Tony. Love Tony. Our our most loyal caller. And you know what? Like, Tony, bring a sign to the event in Hartford. Bring a Ken Reedy Show sign. We'd love to. If we can get it on camera, it'd be awesome. But you know what? We're, we'll we'll send you a T-shirt. I mean, we, we, you know, uh, Tony's guest blog, and, you know, he, he deserves a shirt. You got to get him a T-shirt. He's part of the team, you know? Exactly. So, you know, bring the sign. I'm not saying don't bring the sign, but, you know, we're going to say that Tony's not necessarily part of the contest. You'll, you'll we'll, we'll get you a T-shirt, um, but hopefully we can get at least one or two Ken Reedy show signs up on camera in Hartford, if not before. So, again, to reiterate that contest, if you take a picture of yourself in a Ken Reedy show sign, and then if we see that sign on camera on any broadcast of professional wrestling, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, Impact, a pay-per-view, we'll be sure to send you out a free T-shirt. So get your signs ready. Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Uh, let's get those signs out there. Because this is grassroots, baby. We're taking over just a little bit of this world at a time. It's time for everyone to get on the bus. Give us a call at 347-838-9815. 347-838-9815. Let's get back into talking about Brock and Cena and the aftermath. And since Tony brought it up and we're going with the Triple H thing, uh, let's talk about uh, Monday Night Raw going into that. And uh, what are your thoughts, Dave, on this uh, you know Brock-Triple H thing and perhaps it leading to uh, a WrestleMania storyline for next year? Well, it's fresh because uh, uh, the best of my recollection, I'm pretty good with wrestling history, uh, Brock and Triple H never crossed paths in WWE uh, when Brock was there um, for those for that short amount of time. Um, as a matter of fact, I can even remember there were rumors um, circulating before WrestleMania 20, before it was announced that Brock was going to depart from the company and try and make a go at it in the NFL, that they already had it in in uh, in motion that they wanted to run Triple H Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania 21 that was in Los Angeles the following year. Um, obviously that didn't happen, but it's a, it's it's fresh and I think it helps in building not build, necessarily building but getting Brock Lesnar towards where they eventually want to where they're eventually going to make their real money with him and that's WrestleMania. Um, it's a great you know you brought up a great idea about, you know, getting Triple H involved if they were to go with Lesnar and Undertaker. Um, I think also having Lesnar kind of destroy Triple H, it um, it almost, in a way, kind of humanizes Triple H in a sense. Like, he's always been seen as, like, an unbeatable guy, with the exception of facing guys like Undertaker, of course. Uh, but, you know, larger than life, you know, he's always had a reputation for he goes over on everybody and he... he He's always been made to look like, you know, good. Like he was Super Cena before there was Super Cena, you know, um, in years past. And uh, 
you know, Triple H is, you know, it's it's well known, especially with the past, you know, end of an era storyline he did with Undertaker. But, you know, he's no spring chicken either. And uh, I think it adds more drama to, uh, you know, the um, the character development of this, uh, you know, of Brock Lesnar. And uh, having Brock Lesnar beat a guy like Triple H um, helps. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's also a fresh matchup nobody has seen either. So, um I think I think going into SummerSlam, I, I see a lot of appeal in it. Um, in the two of them, can you know if they if that's where they're going to go? Because a, a week before it was rumored Orton and Lesnar, now it's Triple H and Lesnar for SummerSlam. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I would like to see it personally. I, I, it's a it's a money matchup, and there aren't too many dream matchups in this world, in the world of wrestling that are can happen. But this is one of them. I think it's. Um, I think I definitely think it will uh, draw a lot of interest from a lot of fans. And the other thing, also that I think it really helps with is, that, you know, there are because he was going against John Cena, because he, you know, when Brock came back. Um, I mean, let's face it, and you were there uh, when Brock returned, huge pop, and it's obvious that they they're looking to sell him, market him, use him as a heel. Um, it's pretty obvious, and, and you know who knows what Lesnar's future holds. But for now, I mean, to me, the it, it looks to be a year, and you know who knows if they if he re-ups, if he wants to come back even. Uh, but you know, I mean, it, it might work well for for the WWE to just use this guy for a year. You know, they used him with John Cena, then going forward with the Undertaker, and then the Undertaker kills him, and you know he's gone. Um, but when when he came back, a uh, huge pop, and there, there was always going to be a reaction, even though he was being a dick, because he was going after Cena. And there were enough Cena haters out there that Brock was not going to get the full-on booze that you'd want to get out of a heel. Putting him in a program with Triple H is really, really going to go a long way to firmly put Brock in that heel category. Uh, if he's not there already, uh, it's a good matchup uh, to put them together, you know. And, and Triple H is good enough with the promos that going forward, you know, when he comes back, you know, he could do it. I am the game. I am the best. And you know, really split that. You know, Triple H is going to be the guy that's going to, you know, rid the WWE of of this cancer that is Brock Lesnar. You know. He's going to do it. He's going to take care of things and really sell it where, you know, you think that Triple H is going to be the guy to do it. And then Brock just fucking destroys him. I mean, just, you know, just kills Triple H, the the guy who is the game, the guy who's one of the best ever, uh, you know, just gets destroyed by this monster Brock Lesnar. Um, I, I think that would do a lot to sell him as a heel, and then depending on what his contract is and his dates, you know, you may see him taking some time off from TV because, again, predictions, speculation, my opinion, going forward, when you get to the WrestleMania season, when they get to going from January through to uh, WrestleMania, they're going to want Lesnar on TV every week. Thoughts. I mean, I, I would. If I was running the WWE, I'd be looking to get him on TV every week 
uh, leading up to WrestleMania, or as many weeks as possible. So you might have in his contract that we may see him take chunks of time off from TV uh, just so they can get him on TV more often once they lead into the WrestleMania season. But whatever they do over the course of this year, I do think that we're going to see Lesnar uh, go into WrestleMania against The Undertaker, and that'll probably be the last we see of of Brock Lesnar, which, you know, I'm okay with. Um, but getting back to what happened on Monday Night Raw, um, if in any way, shape, or form, if you want to believe that uh, Lesnar looked weak uh, doing the, quote, job to John Cena the night before, um, didn't look weak after Monday night, agree? I would have to. I would have to agree. Uh, let me just, uh, you know, add to your point about, you know, the, uh, the the evil cancer that is Brock Lesnar. I think it was a. I think it was a. I wouldn't say brilliant, but I think it was a really smart idea that they had Lesnar to make all these demands with Laurinaitis and Raw Super Super Show starring Brock Lesnar in the private jet. You know, almost making him, you know, above and beyond the entire company itself and uh, having Hunter come out there and counteract all that. I thought that was a great idea to go forth with that in the storyline. I thought of an idea myself personally, and I thought that it would have been cool if they did it Sunday night, was to have Lesnar have almost like an entourage of sorts, like he did when he was in UFC. Trainers, a corner man, um, you can have, you can show almost kind of like a Goldberg-like entrance. You know, in UFC, if any of you have watched uh, – UFC fights, they'll show guys getting out of the dressing room and heading down to the octagon to start their entrance. Um, I thought maybe if they added that element to it, um, almost like Lesnar, you know, is the, you know a cocky prick and you know he's larger than life and bigger than the entire WWE, and they embellish that with giving him an entourage like a UFC style like entourage with guys, you know, as his corner man and trainers and stuff like that. Um, I thought I thought maybe that could add more to the um, the heel persona of the character, something that's a little bit different, you know. And then of course, you know the the, the contract demands that, that go along with it. Um, you know, it, it, I thought it was a smart idea that they kind of use that as an excuse to when Lesnar does take time off from television because he's not going to be there every week. I mean, like I said, he's got thirty to forty dates, about two raws at a minimum a month. Um, and then, you know, they said that the contract is open for negotiations for, you know, WrestleMania season to have him work more dates. So the deal obviously works in his favor, but they're using it as a part of the storyline, which I think helps, too, to add some more realism to the the um, the confrontation that he had with Triple H on Monday. Um, there's nothing weak that, 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 that comes to mind about Brock Lesnar after what took place Sunday night and even going into Monday night too. So um, I think we'll see him off TV for a few months. Um, I think that they should sell, you know, the WWE.com reported that Triple H broke his arm and he's going to require surgery. Um, and hopefully that the, the, the creative team uses some logic and doesn't have him come back next week ready to kick Lesnar's ass. Um, if, if you remember about 12 years ago, um, Triple H was involved in a storyline with Steve Austin where he was and he revealed himself as the guy behind hiring Rikishi to run over Steve Austin the previous year. And then Austin had his big pay-per-view blow-off match with Triple H at Survivor Series, and he 
took a forklift and hoisted him up in a Lincoln Town car, and he dropped the car upside down while Hunter was in it. Um, and the hunter came back two weeks later with a couple of bruises and and like a bandage around his arm. You know, last time I checked, if you're in a car and it drops upside down, you're probably dead. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they use the logic and hunter, you know, will stay off the television for. You know, I'd give it maybe till June, July, maybe July, just so that if they want to do it at SummerSlam, they start the hype there. Um, but. Yeah, I don't see any weakness in uh, what took place with Brock Lesnar whatsoever from Sunday night. He looked good, you know, going forward. And I think this is an excuse now to get him off television. And they probably only really want him to work the big pay-per-views. Um, but I, at the same time, I think it would be smarter if he worked some of the smaller pay-per-views to try and increase the pay-per-view buy rates. But like I said last week, we'll see what happens when the numbers come up from Extreme Rules. And, you know, a lot of people do. If a lot of people didn't order the live broadcast, People could have been. People probably were talking about what took place last night and told their friends and whoever, "Hey, you got to order the replay to see what happened." Like you, you know, you 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 got to order it. Just order it. You know, and I bet you a lot of people probably did order the replay. Yeah, this is one of those pay-per-views that I could see them making a lot of money uh, on replays more than maybe other pay-per-views. I think this became a. Uh, you know, almost a water cooler talk type pay-per-view where people were, uh, you know, talking about it. Again, fringe fans, maybe fans that, you know, don't watch much of wrestling at all, um, but kind of got wind of it. So I could see that. I could see them uh, getting a lot of replay dollars off of this pay-per-view. It was a solid pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, the, the You know, the, going into it, I thought, you know, it was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was, um, considering that, you know, you had an Extreme Rules match with Cena and Lesnar. You had a Falls Count Anywhere match with Orton and Kane. And then you had a street fight with uh, Punk and Jericho. You know, my worry going into it was, well, they're all kind of the same match, uh, with the exception of the Falls Count Anywhere match. But, you know, there's basically no rules in each match. So I was kind of afraid that they were all going to be the same, but to the credit of the, of the performers and to the, the, uh, the, the, the writing of the story, respective storylines, um, each match was, uh, relatively different in their own right and good. Um, I would have done without the Dolph Ziggler, Brodus Clay match. Um, but I guess they wanted to give Dolph a, a pay-per-view payday. Same thing with Brodus. And I certainly would have done without the, the Ryback, two-on-one handicap squash. Um, overall, I thought it was a great pay-per-view. Absolutely. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I'll be picking up the DVD when it when it comes out. Yeah, again, like I said to Tony, I mean, surprisingly, but I, I never buy those. I, I I never buy those. And, I mean, the only – I'm trying to th- – I mean, I own Judgment Day from 2004 – I think the uh, you probably know the year the uh, JBL Eddie Guerrero match. Yeah, that's 2004. I own that um, too. Which to me is maybe the worst bleeding I've ever seen. Yeah, I was just crazy. So and when that came out, I had I had to grab that. Um, that's the only match I've actually watched with a group of male friends who were actually turning away from the television set because it was just it was too bloody. Um, I. Offhand, aside from WrestleManias, I think that's the only 
pay-per-view I own. So I, I don't do that. I don't buy uh, those DVDs. Um, this one I think I will. Uh, top to bottom, solid. Again, the matches you mentioned that were not good. You're right, they weren't good. And if anything, I mean, the, the whole thing with Ryback, um, I don't know. And we'll see where we go. with. I mean, we get it. You know, I thought it was hilarious they were chanting Goldberg. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. But, like, to me... The, if you're going to put Ryback on, on a pay-per-view, um, maybe this was a night to put him. I mean, you can't put him against a, you know, a Heath Slater, uh, someone with at least a name. Uh, you know, it just, I don't know. I, 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 it was a waste. And, and, you know, two is greater than one. It, it was awful. But, uh, you know, as far as pay-per-views go, I mean, you know, every so often they're you know, some rain must fall, and those aspects were not great. But other than that, uh, very solid pay-per-view, top to bottom. And we're going to go back out to the phones. How are you there? Hello? Hello. Hey, Ken. Hey, Dave. It's Dank. What's going on, Dank? How's it going? It's, oh, it's going good. Uh, got early, so I'm starting to get early birthday presents, so I'm starting to spend left and right. So my weekend was pretty much filled up. But, well, why don't we um, just get it out of the way and just just say happy birthday to Dank from the Ken Reedy Show. Happy birthday, man. Oh, I wasn't pulling for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a Mick Foley cheap plug, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> hey, everybody else in the world gets to plug. I get to plug something, too, damn it. Yeah, you got I'll it. give you that. What you got for us tonight? Um, Well, no, you guys were actually talking about... Try something on that one. You guys were actually talking about, like, buying pay-per-views and whatnot, and um, I think, like, I don't own any pay-per-views yet, but I know for a fact that I believe it's this coming Tuesday, the WrestleMania um, uh, DVD is coming out. That is correct. Yes, yes, it is. And I know I'm actually going to go out and buy it because it's just one of those... You know, you were there, and, you know, as much as pictures, a picture can say, you know, can speak a thousand words, just that's the closest thing to, like, reliving it that somebody can get. And um, um, that's going to be, like, the, fir- the first, I think, DVD where, uh, pay-per-view-wise that I'm going to be owning. Um, I've watched a lot of the older ones, especially because they're on um, Netflix, so like they have like the history of the Hardy Boys, the um Undertaker, Edge, you know, and, and that's actually what's helping me catch up. But um my question is this and this stems from Monday night when um we were talking on Facebook and somebody mentioned on how Triple H is not gonna be getting an uh, an Academy Award anytime soon for his acting. <laughs> which uh, it's, it's true, and uh, which made me think, um, in your opinion, between the wrestlers now and even former wrestlers, who do you think has, like, the best acting, like, has done the best acting in their, like, their movies? Like, what do you think is the best movie starring a wrestler that you, like, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed through and through? It's a, it's a good question. Dank always like 
you know, has these good questions. Um, like it's I, as far as like movie, like the movie itself. Uh, I'd probably go with The Rock. That's like my gut. Um, not that he's a great actor, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed Walking Ball. Uh, I thought it was a good, solid movie. Um, the Gridiron Gang was another good movie that he did, and Gridiron Gang was a good, solid movie that wasn't an, an action, kick-ass kind of movie. It was, uh, you know, it was a pretty good movie. Um, you know, as much as I'm a mark for him, I can't say that I I'm enthralled by Hulk Hogan's acting ability. Um, <laughs> as far as actors go, I honestly I would love to see Chris Jericho do a movie. Um, he's actually taken acting lessons to help him in the, the wrestling business. Um, you know, he's, he has stated that in interviews uh, to, to kind of expand on his performance. So I'd be curious to see uh, how he would do in a movie. But uh, my gut, I would say probably uh, The Rock. What do you think, Dave? I would have to go with The Rock. Um, yeah, yeah in, in a couple of the movies that you mentioned, uh, one guy who I um, – who I who I would like to think of as a as a pretty solid actor. He's not done a whole lot of big screen stuff. He's done a lot of straight to DVD releases. Is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, the most yeah. notable that I've seen was The Condemned, and he played a ruthless killer very well. It was similar to like the days of like when he was the old Steve Austin, like before he blew up, you know, and, and became so popular with the audience. Um, he just played like this, you know, cold-hearted killer really well in that movie. I thought it, I thought it was a, a good role for him. Um, it kind of typecasted him because you couldn't really see him do anything else except, you know, action and drama. But um, I thought that I thought The Condemned was a very good WWE produced movie, and most of the movies they they come out with they fucking suck. I'm not gonna lie, they're fucking yeah. terrible. They're brutal. Like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even wipe my ass with the DVD cover. Like that's how bad they are. So, yeah, I mean it's it's with them. I mean, I, I actually wasn't crazy about the condemned. I, I I thought it dragged a bit, but I thought Stone Cold was very good in the Expendables. Um, and it's funny to be honest with you, as far as all the WWE movies, I enjoyed the Marine. I'm not going to say that John Cena is going to win any Academy Awards, but. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a fun little ride. You know, they didn't. I mean, they they filmed in a good way where they didn't let John Cena act too long before they're launched up or throwing a fight scene in there. So, um, I thought that was good. And to be perfectly honest, I actually enjoyed See No Evil. It was short. That was, that was a it good movie. It didn't drag. And you know, Kane played a monster. And you know, Kane is a monster in the wrestling world. You see that guy standing next to normal-sized people? Holy shit, was he scary. So I I actually enjoyed Cena Weevil. I thought that was another movie that never dragged. It was probably right around the 90-minute kind of mark. So yeah. it was short. It was quick. A uh, lot of blood and gore, and they just kind of went for it. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Um, the other guy I'm actually thinking of, ever, I can't think offhand – a, a starring vehicle, but he's he's had a small supporting roles in a bunch of movies. Is a, a Terry Funk, who was always solid. I mean, he was a you know he played the muscle and over the top with Sylvester Stallone. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, some of the movies are escaping me, but 
Uh, Not that he was a great actor, but I always thought he was good in the parts that he was cast in. Do you remember those movies, Dave? Roadhouse. He was in in Roadhouse with uh, Patrick Swayze. That's right. He was in Roadhouse. Always kind of playing like a similar part, but he was good at it. Yeah. One movie I enjoyed that actually had an ensemble of um, wrestlers, and each one had like the little... um, Time in the Sun was um, The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler, the newer version. Yeah. Which has Stone Cold, The Great Cully, um, who else? There's, like, uh, there's a bunch of other ones, in it, and they all get like their own one, like little supporting lines and whatnot, which I think was an actual good ensemble of past and present wrestlers. But like, Come on, um, I mean... You know, we're all we're all beating around it. The best ever is gotta be Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Have you even heard of that thing? Um Hell Comes to Frogtown? Hell Comes to Frogtown, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, where he plays the last man on earth and he's in charge of repopulating the human race in a post-apocalyptic world with the hot women that are still left on Earth. But there is an evil race of frog people who are attempting to thwart the attempt of the human race continuing on, and that is the plot of the movie. It is a tremendous flick. Hell comes to Frogtown. It's a, it's a stupid movie. Now, Ken, you're really dating yourself here because I was eight at the time. <laughs> oh, no, I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> Let's move on to another subject, please. <laughs> huh? So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, They Live was actually a decent movie. Um,. Yeah, consistent performances, like movie, and I mean, when I think of The Rock, I, I mean, I've enjoyed multiple movies from him. I've been, you know, most aside from his Disney shit, uh, m- most of The Rock's action movies and, you know, the and The Gridiron Gang, that shit, like, I, I enjoyed all of them. So I would probably say as far as wrestlers go and moving into the world of professional acting... Uh, I have to go with with The Rock is yeah. the best. Uh, By the way, before I go, I know you said you wanted to see him in a movie. If you look at Android Apocalypse, it was a TV movie from 2006. Chris Jericho is in it. He's one actually one of the one of the top three. Like on on the movie poster, his name is actually on the movie poster. So I'm thinking he may have like a good solid role in the movie. It's called Android Apocalypse. You, if you want to look for it, and um, then let us know what you think of Jericho's acting. I will have to go yeah. check that out. Dank, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Always a pleasure, guys. See you guys uh, tomorrow night. All right. Sounds good. Later. Man, it's funny. Like We could do a whole show on wrestlers and, and movies and, and how bad they were. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of them. Even I just thought offhand that uh, Kevin Nash uh, played Odom in a sci-fi channel version of Thor. Uh, yeah. That was recent. And yeah, The Rock's title of being the most successful wrestler in acting is not in danger when it comes to Kevin Nash. 
But we're going to take a quick break now with our 50-50 news update. Here's Dave Rosenbluth. How you guys doing? The annual Dave 5 Top Stories of the Week in Professional Wrestling. The Top Story of the Week comes out of TNA Wrestling, surrounding controversial news made by TNA executive Hulk Hogan. Rumors have been brainstorming ideas of ways to reinvent wrestling and help TNA further progress as a company. The idea in question that Hogan has proposed to the company has fans filming TNA stars out in public in a TMZ-like fashion and sending the footage to TNA to make air on television. It has been rumored that the general consensus in the locker room towards Hogan's idea has not been seen as a positive, and the majority of the roster feels an invasion of privacy and overall a terrible idea. No word on if TNA has approved this idea, but most feel that considering Hogan's checkered past with the media and the negative publicity he and his family have received in recent years, Hogan of all people should know better to put members of the roster at potential risk with die-hard loyal fans. Our next story comes out of Pro Wrestling Syndicate's Refuse to Lose event held in Rahway, New Jersey at the Rahway Rec Center Friday night. The event was headlined by Matt Hardy facing independent star Colt Cabana. But, the, but at the 11th hour, special entrant was added to the bout, making it a triple threat match. That entrant being the nephew of Hall of Famer Brett the Hitman Hart, Teddy Hart. Sources of the Ken Reedy Show state that Brett, who was in attendance making an appearance, had slightly put pressure on the promoter to add Teddy to the match. Teddy was advertised to make an appearance on the show, but no opponent was advertised to face him. Midway through the match, Teddy performed a suicide dive onto his opponents on the outside of the ringside area, but he collided with the security railing, and the master stopped briefly to check on the well-being of the younger Hart family member. Ken Reedy Show correspondents have reported that they have spoken with Teddy after the show, and Teddy stated that he's going to follow up with his doctor, but he believes his foot to be broken. And they say professional wrestling is fake. Ha, ha, ha! I guess some high-risk maneuvers don't garner a reward, but rather a large medical bill and pain. Best wishes go out to Teddy Hart. Hoping your doctor's visits go well, and if indeed your foot is broken, a hopeful, speedy recovery. This past week, TNA Wrestling has released Anarchia of Mexican America from his contract. News broke this past week of his release when his profile on the roster page of TNAWrestling.com was removed. On the subject of Anarchia, several members of the roster did not take it personal of his departure from the company due to him not being a safe worker in the ring. These same individuals have been quoted as saying that he has gotten a reputation backstage for not being a good in-ring hand to work with. Not a loss for me if he's gone. Two weeks ago, legendary wrestler Kevin Nash had gone on a rant on Twitter discussing his reasons of not wanting to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Nash then followed up by stating that a close friend in the business was released by WWE a few days before his Twitter post. It has now been reported that Goldust was that individual who received his future endeavored paperwork. Further proof of his release shows his profile removed from the alumni section of WWE.com, as well as changing his Twitter account from at GoldustWWE to at says. The former Goldust was recovering from an injury suffered in the spring of 2011. While sidelined, he was working at a backstage capacity as an agent coordinating the Divas matches, replacing Fit Finley, who was released from WWE the week of WrestleMania 27. Being a veteran of this indus- of the industry, I'm sure the Bizarre One will be able to find work, hopefully soon. And our final report this evening comes out of Atlanta, Georgia, 
The 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Tuesday overturned the $20 million award a jury gave the estate of Nancy Benoit over nude pictures published by porn magazine Hustler, citing a lack of evidence to support the award. The pictures were published in 2007 after Nancy was murdered by her husband, former WWE superstar Chris Benoit. Those are your top five stories this week, only on the Ken Reedy Show. Back to you, Ken. Thanks, Dave. Good report, as always. All the news that's fit to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. Let's get back to the talk. First of all, why don't we go to our Facebook page and just uh, Facebook. And, you know, it comes social media. Check us out, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Tweet us on Twitter, at the Ken Reedy Show. Or, as always, just give us a buzz here at 347-838-9815. One of the things we're trying to get going as far as the Twitter thing goes, get it trending. Hashtag Santino Morella should host SNL. I repeat, hashtag Santino Morella should host SNL. So let's see if we can get that trending on the Twitter. On Facebook, we asked a question this week. Kurt Angle, is he a TNA guy or a WWE guy? I was just thinking about that the other day. You know, as much as he, he made quite a name for himself in the WWE, personally, I think of him as a TNA guy now. I mean, he brought legitimacy to that company. Um, so I put the question out there on Facebook. And Michael Lancaster responded and said he also, he says, I say TNA guy. He's so loyal to TNA and has done so much for so many guys that when I think of Kurt Angle, it's hard to remember back in the milk drinking and the three eyes. I think of him in TNA. That's kind of where I am right now. I, I think of him as a TNA guy. So thanks, Mike Lancaster, for responding to our question on Facebook. And later on the show, we're going to give our nod of approval. But right now uh, on Facebook, you can give your nod of approval in this week in professional wrestling. And Michelle stated on our Facebook, Cena tell of the injury at the end of the pay-per-view. It gets her nod of approval this week, um, which is, is a good nod of approval because if the whole thing was a work, uh, I know myself, I was sitting there thinking um, that he was actually hurt, and I was thinking, well, we're going to be dealing with a world without John Cena for a while. So if it, it was a work, kudos to him. So he gets Michelle's uh, nod of approval. Let's get right back into talking about this wonderful world of professional wrestling. So John Cena survives Brock Lesnar. Can he survive John Laurinaitis? What do you think of this, Dave? Um, I can't really go into it only because we don't know the exact reason why Laurinaitis placed himself in this match in the first place. Um, we should get a reason behind it tomorrow night on Raw. Um, the only thing I could think of is that he was upset that Cena beat his his boy Brock, his face of the, his version of the face of the WWE, and with Cena being hurt. What's a better time for John Laurinaitis to step in the ring than against John Cena? One, you know, Cena's you know not at 100. Um, percent That's the only thing I could think of. Uh, I mean, it, I'm, I'm optimistic in a positive way to see where this is going. Maybe you know there had been rumors um, before last Sunday's pay per view that Cena was going to take some time off. A lot of people thought Lesnar was going to win, or he was going to get taken. Or he was going to take out Cena explain his absence on television, 
Um, a lot of rumors going around that uh, a source from our show states that Cena worked Vince and worked everybody that, you know, he was hurt and needed time off, and that's why the promo he cut after the pay-per-view um, kind of got people buzzing. Uh, maybe this leads to, you know, Laurinaitis having somebody get involved in the match somehow, some way, and, uh, you know, he, you know, Cena will get taken out, and they'll explain his absence uh, for however long they want to take him off television. Um, so, who knows? I mean, maybe this, maybe this match with Cena is a way to get Laurinaitis off of television. Um, although he seems to have gotten uh, positive reviews uh, for his performance as, uh, you know, a character on television as bland as he's been, it's almost become a joke now. Um, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll see where this goes. Um, we'll just have to find out tomorrow night. I really don't have much to say about it. I'm sorry. I normally I could talk forever, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's funny now. I can't say that I'm enthralled by it. Um, but you know, sometimes I think when, when things are working, you got to kind of sit back and say, all right, well, you know, there's a plan place and let's see where the plan's going. I mean, the, the past month has been solid and, you know, I, I try really hard here, you know, admittedly a mark for, for Hulk Hogan. But other than that, I, I try not to be a mark, and I try to be objective with, with everything. And if I think something sucks, I'll say it sucks. And I think it's good, to, um, depending on, on who it is. Um, and that being said, uh, to me right now, I'm in a place with the WWE that I'm I'm willing to sit back and say, all right, you know what, I'm I'm not going to criticize. I want to see where they're going to go with this. I mean, it, it could just be a really cheap ripoff of uh, Austin McMahon, which I'm hoping it's not. Um, but again, things have been working recently for the WWE, so I'm kind of curious uh, where they're going to go with this. Um, and you're right. I mean, Laurinaitis, as bland as he is, he works as a heel. I mean, he, he's he got heat already. Um, before he ever set in front of the camera, he had heat. Um, and... It's almost like because he's so bad on the mic, he's gotten more heat. Um, and he's gotten a little bit better on the microphone. He's a little bit better out there. Uh, but who knows? Who knows they're going to make this a, uh, you know, a, a no-DQ match. Uh, they add something to it so Laurinaitis' boys can come in and, and assist in the match. Um, you know, who knows what they're going to do as far as Cena's injury because if Cena, you know, Cena did his whole, you know, I'm injured or I'm hurt. I mean, maybe he comes out tomorrow night because of what Laurinaitis did. Now he's injured. But Laurinaitis says, but that's too bad. You're not allowed to take time off because you have the match with me. I mean, who knows? There's so many directions they could go with it. So, again, not excited about a match with John Cena versus John Laurinaitis, uh, but um, just kind of waiting, like in a holding pattern, to see where exactly they're going to go with the storyline. Uh, the one thing I did think about this with, with John Cena and him going against a quote-unquote non-wrestler um, is the the pay-per-view or the WWE kind of taking Cena out of that main... I mean, I don't know. It, this match may main event the pay-per-view, but are they kind of taking him out of the main event picture a little bit for this next pay-per-view to really shine the spotlight on... CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan. Because the hardcore wrestling fans, that's what they want to see. 
uh, ROH fans want to see these two. I mean, now you got these two fighting for the WWE title, um, which I think is very interesting because I'm curious to see where the match is going to go. I know a lot of people love, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, screw the handshake and all that bullshit. I mean, this is professional wrestling. It's not a sports sport. I could give a shit if the two guys shake hands before a match. I mean, it's heel versus face. I, whatever, you know. Uh, that that aspect of ROH, I'm like, you know, who cares? Um, but I find it interesting with the WWE, you know, ROH has got a TV deal. And they're not on in, in a tremendous amount of markets, but they have a TV deal. And and I, I find myself wondering sometimes, if Vince just sit back and he is going to make sure the something like the Monday Night Wars never happens again. And even to the point where, like, he's going to cut them off before they get even remotely close. And not that ROH is an issue for the WWE. They're barely a blip on the WWE's radar. But sometimes I wonder, is Vince thinking, you're going to nip it quick? And here you go. You have two of the best ROH guys ever are in the WWE vying for the WWE Championship. So you can go and watch ROH if you want, or you can watch the two guys that were in that company, who were the best in that company, fight it out on WWE programming. Um, so I, I'm interested in this match. I'm interested where they're going to go with this storyline-wise. Are they going to pay homage to ROH a lot in the, the storyline here? Uh, where is Daniel Bryan's heel persona? Is this thing going to be respectful uh, a la ROH, or are they going to like go at it? Uh, promo-wise leading up to the pay-per-view. Um, but I'm very optimistic that these two are going to put on a hell of a match uh, at the next pay-per-view. What do you think? I, I, I do I do agree. They are going to put on a hell of a match. Um, it's funny, too, because uh, after the announcement was made that Daniel Bryan won the Beat the Clock Challenge and he became the number one contender, I was looking on a lot of the wrestling sites and people leave comments and some of the news feeds and one guy wrote a comment. And he's like, he's like, oh, why, why would I want to see? Dan- why would I pay a pay per view to see Daniel Bryan and CM Punk when they gave it to us for free on television twice, leading into WrestleMania? Um, and I'm thinking to myself, you assholes for years have been saying that you want to see CM Punk at the top and you want to see Daniel Bryan. Now you got him, and now all of a sudden you don't want to see it. You know, like you, every all the Ring of Honor marks, they get their dicks wet. You know, when they when, <laughs> when 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 they're when those when they're guys they're guys like they discovered them which they really didn't they just happened to be in front of a television set when they were on they act like that they're the ones that discovered them in the wrestling business fucking idiots anyhow um, that that you know they're in front of a television set and they're like you know they they want you know they want to see their guy move up and then all of a sudden now they're at the top and you don't want to see it you know you you get so frustrated that like oh WWE's pushing John Cena down our throat they need to have Daniel Bryan in the main event or you know they need to have CM Punk it would draw huge and this that the other well now you're getting it and now you don't want it like, give me a break like I, that that that's wrestling fans in my opinion are are you know for the the most part a majority of them they like to they like to root for the underdog. The guy that isn't really, you know, getting pushed, but he's getting noticed by like a niche audience. And then finally, when he gets to that point where he is getting noticed by the majority of the audience, and the company is using him, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, this, 
this is boring. They need something different. You know what I mean? It's just I look forward to seeing the match. It's going to be a hell of a match, and I wouldn't be surprised if they brought up their Ring of Honor roots um, in some respects. Not necessarily mentioning Ring of Honor by name, but bringing up their roots. The two of them have a history with each other, um, dating back to another company. Um, so I look forward to it. I have a slight feeling, though, knowing the WWE, that the, the Jericho issue with Punk is still not over yet. And somehow they'll be interjected into this match, whether he just shows up or if he, you know, is named a referee or whatever. Because um, it kind of seemed like it ended abruptly on Sunday. I mean, there was a, it was a great finish. It, 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 I would have been fine. I'm, I'm perfectly fine if the, if the feud is over with Jericho and Punk, but it just seemed like, you know, Jericho's in the beat the clock challenge, vying for the belt, and he didn't beat the clock. And considering his history with Punk, I would have thought that he would have been, you know, a little more adamant and upset about that. It just seemed like, you know, Jericho really wasn't. And I, I hope that, Jericho's not in the title picture personally because um, I think the way they ended it on Sunday with him and Punk was tremendous. So, um, you know, heading forward with Punk and Daniel Bryan, I look forward to it and uh, I hope that they, you know, this isn't just a one-shot deal. That eventually, they, you know, they get a couple of pay-per-view matches out of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, I do think that in in wrestling there's, you know, and it's funny because there are people that I, I they they just want to complain. Um, there are a lot of wrestling fans that no matter what, they're just going to find something uh, negative uh, in the product. And then, you know, there's, I think the vast majority of wrestling fans, I think the problem is like some of the more vocal ones are negative. I think the vast majority of wrestling fans uh, got a good head on their shoulders and looking at things objectively. Um, but it's a shame because I, I like, I honestly, I look to get entertained. I try and look, look for the positive. Uh, the negative's there, so be it. Uh, I mean, I'll talk about it, but you know, I want to be entertained. There's enough like bullshit in my life that is is a pain in the ass to deal with. Uh, when I sit down and watch wrestling, I'm really looking for the good, and I'm looking for um, you know things I enjoy. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, the only guy, and we can go back and listen to all the shows. It, the Miz is the only guy you'll hear me say the Miz sucks, and I do, but I. I I'm usually not critical like that critical of guys because usually I can find something I, I enjoy or admire out of out of a performer. I I he's the one guy I just can't find anything. But I try and I try and keep it objective. If you know, all this, I mean, I did like the Miz versus Morrison. That was a really good match. Um, but it's funny. I, I mean, you know, you have two guys who are two great performers. I mean, to me. Why not see them go at each other as as many times as possible? Um, if you can work it into the storyline, why not? Um, these are two guys who are very athletic. I mean, it's interesting because it depends on the type of performers you are. And two guys like uh, you know Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are two guys who can give you different kinds of matches. When you think about people who, you know. Like, Let's go back in time and look at, say, a, a uh, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Well, I don't know if I'm going to want to see Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant for them to match up against each other in multiple pay-per-views because those two were basically going to give you one kind of match. And what you're going to get out of them was what you're going to get out of them. Um, 
those guys are so gifted athletically, um, you know, between, you know, they can go off the top rope, they can do some flying moves, they can go and do the mat wrestling. Uh, they're both smaller guys and, uh, you know, closer to the same size. I, I just think that there's a lot that they can do. So, you know, who cares? Let's, let's match them up a few times. Um, you know, let's have a rematch. Let's have a fucking double DQ this match. So we have to have them wrestle again. I mean, whatever. Um, but I think getting these two guys in the ring is, is a good thing. However you, you want to do it. I mean, if they, you know, and a lot of times it goes back to it, but you know what, if anybody at this point in time could put on a, a steamboat macho man type match, these could probably do it. So I'm looking forward to seeing these two, uh, wrestle. And I'm not, I'm not an ROH Mark. Um, to be honest with you, I don't watch much of ROH. If I can, I try and catch some videos, on YouTube, but uh, I don't watch a lot of ROH. I mean, to be honest, I'm a TV guy. That's that's my thing. So um, if it's not on TV, uh, I don't catch it as regularly as I would like to catch it. Um, but I, I am looking forward to them. I'm impressed with both of them. I'll be honest, I was not... I didn't see Daniel Bryan as a main eventer. I, I think he's, he's proven me wrong and probably a lot of other people wrong. I think He's moved into that stature, and I and I think that that should be a really good match. Now, do they put a pay-per-view around that match that sells the whole thing? Hopefully, and uh, hopefully they do something at least entertaining with Laurinaitis and John Cena. Um, but I think these two will put on a, a hell of a match uh, going forward, and you know, hopefully we have another real good pay-per-view. Um, what are your thoughts? Call us now, 347-838-9815. The number is 347-838-9815. Or hit us up on Facebook and just let, let you guys know there's some people out there that have been supporting me, so I'd like to support them right in return. If you're on Facebook, uh got some friends in some wrestling forums. Check out Save American Wrestling on Facebook. And also check out Wrestling Deathmatch Forum. That's Wrestling Deathmatch Forum. Uh, two Facebook pages out there filled with wrestling fans discussing different things, posting videos, uh, all sorts of fun stuff on those pages. So check that out, Save American Wrestling and the Wrestling Deathmatch Forum. Check them out on Facebook. And, of course, check out the Ken Reedy Show on Facebook. Let us know what you're thinking. Because I'd really like to know if you guys out there are going to order Over the Limit. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think it's shaping up. Uh, uh, are you going to order it, Dave? Oh, I'm going to go to Hooters and... Uh... And uh, and watch it. Normally, I don't really get too many of the pay-per-views, um, the, the WWE pay-per-views. I normally go there to watch it. Um, you know, what's better than watching wrestling, um, stuffing my face with really bad, greasy food, and staring at a nice set of tits? So, I can't that's do that at I mean, home. I wish we did that here. <laughs> that, that's just, that's the way to go. Because it's, it's, I mean, if, if the pay, at worst for you, in your situation, at worst for you, is a bad pay-per-view, greasy food and tits. Yeah, that, that's worst case scenario. I mean, that's a good night. Bad wrestling, but boobies and greasy food. That's a good night. You get a good pay-per-view. I mean, last week must have been. It's like Disney World. Oh, I know. You kidding me? It was. It was fantastic. You know. I, the, the waitress we had, she wasn't exactly the brightest bulb in the box, but, you know, she wasn't bad to look at by any stretch of the imagination. None of them really are. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, the, the, I was I was more enthralled with the action than I was with the um, w- with the uh, the the added uh, you know uh, arm pieces that 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 they call uh, waitresses at, at Hooters. So uh, yeah, if uh, if uh, if a, a pay per view stinks in the toilet, you know, at, at least I. Uh, at least I got something to, good to look at, and uh, you know, some 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 greasy belly bomb food to uh, to uh, uh, digest. And what is that? The Hooters in Hartford? No, oh, it's actually in uh, Weathersfield. It's about ten minutes from where I live. Uh, Weathersfield. So just the cheap. We're not getting paid for it. But if you're you're out there and you're listening, go go check out that Hooters. You say hi to Dave for us. Uh, that that's great. I, I mean, the Hooters around here don't don't do the pay per view, so. We can't do that, but that's really cool. Just out of curiosity, did, did they did they get a big crowd for these pay per views, and uh, was the crowd it's into packed. it? It's packed, and you got the usual suspects there, you know, that are that are always there for the show. I remember, uh, I remember when I first started going to watch the pay per views there. I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't really hip to, you know, how busy it was to go see it, and. Um, I remember I had to wait like a half hour, one, you know, I, not a, longer than that. I want to say like an hour and a half, almost two hours. It was a, for, for a WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania 21, and I walked in there, and they had like a two-hour wait. So they, 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 they were nice enough. They let us, you know, they, they served us drinks while we were standing by the door and hanging out. They had a TV there, so we got to watch the show. But, you know, some people, some people, especially during football season, like I've heard from some of the waitresses there that, uh, you know, some of the guys will – Get there at one o'clock, watch all the football games, eat, and then they'll watch the wrestling. If wrestling's on during football, you know that that particular night, they'll stay there from one o'clock till about eleven. So they're there for about ten hours. Some of those girls, I put, they're not too fond of wrestling night. Let's just put it that way. They don't really like work wrestling night at Hooters because they know that the tips aren't going to be the greatest, and there's an oddball group of characters that come in there to watch wrestling. So, um, in fact, it's funny. I went and saw the the TLC pay per view there, and there was a pretty good looking Hooters girl. She, she was she was she was the manager, pretty good looking girl. She didn't come off like a bitch or anything of that nature, but uh, she came over to our table, and she said, "You guys here for football or for wrestling?" I said, "Well, we're here for the wrestling, but we like football too." She goes, "You guys don't look like wrestling fans. You guys actually look like normal people." <laughs> I said, "Well." I said, well, thank you. I go, what, 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 what makes us so normal? She goes, well, you're not coming in wearing a championship belt, or you got your face painted, or you know, you, you're wearing a trench coat with handcuffs, you know, attached to it, or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, she actually kind of. It's funny, too. She kind of struck up conversation with us for the good portion of the night, and she was actually kind of getting into the show. She wasn't really a wrestling fan, but she she was the manager. She sat with us. I should have I should have taken her phone number, but uh, you should have, you know. Yeah, I should have. That would have been pretty cool. But um, yeah, I, I, I there, there's at, at this point we should we should make a call out there that look if you if you're going to an event, that's one thing. You're gonna bring your championship belts. You're gonna put wrestling fans. It is you. Only you can change the perception that the public has of wrestling fans. So you go out to a restaurant. Maybe maybe that night you leave the championship belt at home. Maybe. Just just putting it out there, you know. I mean, hell, you can leave it home one night, right? Let's 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 improve what people think as far as professional wrestling fans go. Um, let's go to Hooters. check out Hooters. You'll see Dave there one night. Um, 
That sounds like fun. I'm going to have to get out to Connecticut one day and come on pay-per-view at, at Hooters. But the crowd was into it last week. The crowd was hot at Hooters. They're pretty – yeah, for the most part, they are. I remember um, we, the. Uh, I remember one pay- pay-per-view in particular years ago. I went to actually a Hooters and I was on vacation in Florida. I went to a Hooters in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, and they had a Survivor Series. And it was the, the, the Survivor Series where it was uh, Team Bischoff versus Team Austin – and if Bischoff's team won, Austin was gone from the WWE. And I never, I almost, I felt like I was in the arena because, like, they, it was one point in the match where it was Shawn Michaels was representing Steve Austin's team, and he, um, it was him just alone, and it was like a three-on-one Survivor Series elimination match. Uh, it was, it was actually three-on-one towards the end of the match. It was a five-on-five traditional match, and the last three guys on Bischoff's team were Randy Orton, Jericho, and Christian. And the place was so loud, people were stomping their feet and stomping their hands, and half these girls are probably looking at us all like we're fucking weirdos, you know? And I'm really not trying to fit the mold of what a typical wrestling fan is. I would like to think I'm, you know, different than most of the people in there. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, um, they get pretty hot for for the most part. Yeah, they, 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 they cheer and they jump up and down, and then, you know, You'll get guys going over the table like, see, I told you so-and-so would win. And and then you get your real weirdos that, like, there's this one guy there. I'll tell this quick story. He always wears the same CM Punk T-shirt, the the, the white one that he had. This is best in the world. The same one. I think this guy wears it every day because it's fucking faded now. The thing's like, it, it, it could be a washcloth. It's, it, you could barely see the logo. And but the the, the best was, in the world one that came out, like, what, like the end of last summer? So it's not even like yeah, the one, yeah, the one he wore at Money in the Bank with the 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 with the the logo and the, you know the, the the fist in the air, the new one, the white one. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that like so that shirt's been out less than a year. Yeah, so yeah, less than a year, and he's probably worn it 364 of the 365 <laughs> days that go on in a year. So anyhow, they have free Wi-Fi at the table at at, at this Hooters that I go to, and. He's sitting there. He's got a webcam and his laptop. He's, like, doing, like, like you would have thought he thought he was Michael Cole. Like, he's doing his, like, own YouTube web show, like, live in progress. Like, he was, like, he, had the, he, was, he was facing the camera, and, like, he, I walked by him to go use the John, and, uh, he's, and he's, like, you know, he's, like, we just saw a great match between CM Punk and Chris Jericho, and it was, like, he was doing, like, like he was, doing like a, a like a post game or pre game show of like the pay per view, like he was getting paid to do this. But it looks it just came off so tacky and stupid. And like I said, you get the guys they paint their faces, they wear the belts. One guy comes in with a trench coat, he's got handcuffs attached to him. Oh, and he's got a gimmick. This is a gimmick. Listen to this. He he he's got a trench coat, handcuffs, sunglasses. He looks like one of them kids from Columbine, so you really don't want to fuck with him. And oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we call him, the nickname around you know, my brothers and I, we call him the Big Boss Man because he thinks he's the Big Boss Man. He doesn't carry a nightstick and a ball and chain, too, but he thinks he's the Big Boss Man. So he comes in, and every time he's there, he walks into Hooters like he's making a dramatic entrance out from the Titantron. And you would think that, like, there's pyro going off, like, because he just stands there. And, like, he, like, waits for, like, basking the crowd. But really nobody's giving a shit about this guy because they're eating food, staring at nice tits, and watching the pay-per-view. And he's got his gimmick where he's got to take a picture with every Hooters girl, but he handcuffs them 
and takes the picture, like to, like to his arm to her arm. And all these girls, they'll be nice because, you know, they're hoping he's going to give them a good tip, and which he probably doesn't. And they take the picture of him, and then when I, I see it all the time. It's like fucking clockwork. He'll uncuff him. He'll go do his thing, and, you know, he'll, he'll smile, tell all his buddies he got a picture with her. And then the girl will have this look on her face like she just got sexually violated, and she'll walk away. I'm telling you, you need to come to Hooters to check this out and see for yourself. It's uh, it's yeah, outrageous. Because that's one of those things that like you're gonna you're gonna see this guy for years, and then at some point there's gonna be like you know 16 Hooters girls buried under his porch. <laughs> He's gonna have a shrine in his bedroom with all these. Yeah, I feel like I watch the news one day, and it's gonna be like, and in other news, out in Connecticut, a gruesome discovery. 16 Hooter bodies found under the porch of what we're calling the Big Boss Man Murders. <laughs> oh, Christ. Look how off-topic we got. We're right talking right. about wrestling. It's an inherent responsibility for wrestling fans to give other wrestling fans a good name. You know, be yourself. I mean, we're proud. We're proud wrestling fans. But you know what? Go out. Take a shower. You know, throw on a nice pair of jeans, throw on your wrestling T-shirt, maybe hit the gym a little bit so you have a little bit of the bicepage going on in the, the T-shirt there when you go out. Give us a good name. Go out, say hi to people, you know, and then cheer for your pay-per-view. But, you know, yeah, there's some people like, you know, and people who don't watch wrestling, they're like, oh, you're a wrestling fan, you know, because they, they think, they think we're, where people were going to kill Hooters girl and put them under the porch, you know. Oh, we are. I'll tell you one more, one more story. I apologize, I know we're so totally. Oh, outside, go ahead. We're we're off the rails now. Just let's go with it. <laughs> I met the Hooters in West Palm Beach for the Survivor Series pay per views, 2003. This heavy set guy walks in, short, stocky, heavy set guy. He walks in with a UFC championship belt, the replicas that you could buy in a catalog. So he comes in holding it like he's actually the champ. And he walks over near our table, and I guess the guy I was sitting with at the table, so I was by myself. So I sat with a couple of wrestling fans, you know, that were strangers to me. But, you know, that's the cool thing about wrestling. You can, you know, just sit with anybody practically, and, you know, you're there for one reason, to watch wrestling. So you're instant friends. So the guy I was sitting with at the table, he must have knew this guy. This guy comes in, he's got the belt draped over his shoulder like he just won it, or he thinks he's a champ. And some girls sitting there with us, and she goes, wow, that's a cool belt. She goes, where do you get it? She goes, where'd you get that? He goes, and in all seriousness, he goes, I want it. And I go, what? <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? You want it. He goes, he goes, he goes, I'm the middleweight champion in UFC. Now, mind you, I watch UFC. I know I don't watch it too much, but I know enough who's fighting and who's not. And I go, what's your name? He goes, Core, like K-O-R-E. I'm like, first of all, and that's when I that's when I stopped the bullshit train right in its track. I'm like, first of all, you don't even look like you're in enough shape to run a decathlon, let alone fight a fight. And you're walking in here with a belt, you claim you're in the UFC? Give me a fucking break. They, they get, I'm telling you, they get these cast of characters. They live in their own fucking world. When they walk out of Hooters, they think they can fool everybody. It's awesome. Unreal. I'm going to have to go, go and check it out. But, you know, it reached that time in the program. You know it. I know it. Here we go. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. 
what do you got for us, Dave? Um, I was torn and tossed. You know, I was tossed and turning and sleeping last night trying to figure out what my nod of approval was going to be for this week's show. And, uh, you know, I was breaking a cold sweat 4.30 this morning trying to, you know, figure out, you know, what am I going to bring the Ken Reedy Show Nation as my nod of approval. And um, I thought about it. I thought about maybe just overall, the overall the, uh, pay-per-view extreme rules. But I had to go with something more personal. And more personal is if you uh, if you if you were listening last week, and I know you all were, because you know I have that voice that just you know beams out into the audience. And I was uh, talking about how I thought it would be cool if Jericho and Punk, in their street fight, came like dressed like come as you are, like old school NWA style street fight. And lo and behold. Sunday night, I'm watching the pay-per-view. Jericho comes out in jeans, and he's got his fist taped up. I was like, yeah. I was like, these guys are listening to the show. <laughs> and then Punk did the same thing. And I just thought it brought, like I said earlier, those that match, the false kind of anywhere in the Extreme Rules match, they all had something different. And Jericho and Punk was a very personal story. It was in Punk's hometown. The, the, the street fight rules, you know, the, the Chicago street fight, and they came dressed in jeans like they were re- really ready for a fight. My out of approval goes to the, the, the brilliant minds of whether it be WWE creative or Jericho and Punk, but it just—it seems like this this one came from Jericho and Punk. You know, they—they they know that they know how to tell a story, and it's the little things for me that 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 really make me tick when it comes to wrestling that I like and stuff like that. I thought that was so cool. I think I even texted you. I said they got to be listening to the show because <laughs> these guys came out in jeans and t-shirt and they're ready to fight. You know what I mean? They didn't come out wearing their wrestling attire for a regular street fight. I thought that was so cool. My out of approval goes to the goes to the street fight from Sunday. I thought it was a great match, great story that was told. Both guys just left it all out there. And if that was if they were ending this feud, that was a great way to end it. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great match. I thought it was a great match too. And uh you know, maybe it gets lost a little bit because of what happened with Brock and Cena. Um but when you you know, after the sensationalism of that final match, when you pull it pull away uh, there really was a tremendous match by two really gifted performers. Uh, it was great uh, the way they dressed, and if it is the the blow off match, then then cool uh, that works. Um, but I thought it was a tremendous match, and uh, you know the WWE is giving us uh, solid cards, not giving us uh, you know one good match and uh, trying to build anything around. They're giving us solid cards, and you know what? Like, um, I mean, I'm okay with that. So. Uh, very good nod of approval there. Uh, great match. Two great performers. Uh, was very impressed. But uh, as much as, you know, we got to pick one, so I have something different. And everyone out there listening right now in Ken Reedy Show Nation, you might want to sit down at this point because I have been critical of this man many a times. I've said many bad things. On the air and in private. I have not been a fan. I have bashed him. I have said he needs to go. But my nod of approval goes to one Mr. Michael Cole. (gasps) Yes, Michael Cole. Man, right now, if if you're listening, stop with all the bullshit. Stop with everything else. Stop with the Michael Cole 
character. That man, reminiscent of like a JR, called a hell of a match in Cena versus Lesnar. A hell of a match. Um, as good as those two guys were, Michael Cole did such a tremendous job selling that match and selling the moves and selling the brutality. Uh, he and you, you, you knew what you were watching, and you could see how how brutal the match was and, and how stiff it looked. Cole added to it, and most of the time in, in recent memory, he has detracted from matches. He added to it. As brutal as you thought the match was, he made it seem a hair more brutal with the way he was calling it. And he did such a tremendous job with it. And kudos to, to him um, because I, I have not, I've been critical of him many a times. Uh, but I thought Michael Cole was absolutely amazing in the way he called the match. And if he's listening or if anyone knows him is listening, tell him that's how he has to call a match from now on because it was absolutely tremendous. And for the first time, I actually sat there thinking, hey, maybe Michael Cole can do this. Maybe. I mean, I love JR. I want to see JR back. Um, but if Michael Cole can continue to call matches like that, um, you know, maybe we won't miss JR as much. Uh, I, I just thought Michael Cole did that good a job with uh, the match that night. Uh, you know, Booker T still sucks. But Michael Cole, amazing. So. The street fight, Jericho and Punk, and Michael Cole get this week's nod of approval. The Ken Reedy Show, nod of approval. That's pretty cool. I love that. I love just the, the sound bite there. Yeah, All right, that's, uh, so, that's yeah. pretty badass. You know, I wanted to I wanted to comment on the well, you know your nod of approval. I thought that was uh, uh, you know very commendable of you, considering your history of uh, of heat that uh, Michael Cole has with you. But um, I read, <laughs> I, I read, you know, like I, I said, I try and call it as I see it, and you know, it really was honestly about halfway through the match that I turned and and you know I, I, I'm lucky because I, I I have a girl. Who uh, she loves wrestling too, and she's she's not too bad on the eyes. She's a female wrestling fan and good-looking lady, and uh, so we watch wrestling together. And I actually turned to her and I went, "Holy shit, Michael Cole is is tremendous tonight." And she and it was one of those weird moments where like I guess because he was good, we weren't like usually we're just annoyed with the announcing. So usually it's a negative. We notice the announcing because it's it's bad. And she looked at me, she's like, yeah, he is really good. And just to, the way he said that, you know, in all my years of covering WWE, I've never seen such brutality. And it just, it, it was it was really, it was just well done. It, it really was. And yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever said anything good about him on the show. But like I said before, I try to call it as I see it. And uh, he did a tremendous job, which tells me that, you know, he's got the skill set. It's, I don't know if it's him or WWE Creative who has created this Michael Cole character, but, uh, you know, guys, just let this guy do what he obviously can do. I mean, he put it out there on Sunday night. He he can call a good match. Let's Can we just let him do that? 
Um, yeah, I, I thought that was tremendous. I, I really can't have enough good things to say about Michael Cole and and the way he called that match. Um, but we're running. We're can you believe it? All the stories, Hooter stories, going over Extreme Rules. We're getting close to the end. So uh, before we close out, though, I just want to reiterate that we are running a Ken Reedy Show contest. So if you go out there, you create a Ken Reedy Show sign. Take a picture of you and your sign. Post it on our Facebook page. Or or tweet me the picture um, at the Ken Reedy Show. If we see you and your picture and your sign, you and your sign, get on camera at any point at a... Raw, Impact, SmackDown, or pay-per-view events, we will be sure to send you out a free Ken Reedy Show t-shirt. So get your signs together, get them out there, get them on camera, uh, we'll get you a Ken Reedy Show t-shirt. And if we missed it, if you get a screenshot uh, and you can prove that it got on camera, uh, we'll send you out a shirt as well. We're not going to be real strict with all the the rules and everything. Um, and also, we're just trying to get the show out there, and it, it's like I've said before, we're grassrooting it, and we love everyone who's jumping on board the bus. So you bring a Ken Reedy show sign to an indie show, um, you're out, just take a picture in the arena. So you get a picture of you at your seat with like the, the ring in the background or something, so you can see that you brought the sign to a wrestling event. Uh, we'll send you out a t-shirt for that as well. So get your Ken Reedy show signs out there while supplies last. We'll send you out a free T-shirt. And the other thing, the big news, the big event, uh, June 11th, we're going to be covering Monday Night Raw from all angles. Come on out, see me at the Peppermill South in Congress, New York. Uh, Nunzio, former WWE Cruiserweight champion, is scheduled to be in attendance that night. So come on over to the Peppermill South in Congress, New York, where we'll be broadcasting live from 6 to 8 o'clock a pregame, if you will, of the special three-hour Raw. We're going to hang out at the Pepper Mill and then watch the Raw while we're hanging out. So that should be a fun night for wrestling fans. Just come on down, bond with other wrestling fans, have something to eat, have something to drink, and just hang out. Let's have a good time. And we're going to have our man Dave. We'll be in Hartford, Connecticut to get a vibe of what the crowd's feeling out there, what they're thinking, get some opinion, maybe get some callers out in the parking lot, in the arena. Um, so we're going to be covering the show from Hartford as well as the Peppermill South in Congress, New York. Special live event. That is June 11th. So remember, that week will be going on on the Monday night and not the Sunday night. But 6 to 8 p.m. will be the time. So come on down to the Peppermill South. Or if you happen to be in Hartford, just look around and find Dave. He'll be the guy on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. I definitely, definitely going to be a good time. Moving, moving on up. If you ain't with us, you better join the movement because you know what? We're going places. We are. Damn it! It's 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 our time. It's our time. So yeah. So I mean, all in all, I think we're we're looking at you know the WWE is in a positive place. We didn't really get to hit too much on TNA. So apologies to. All all the TNA fans out there, we'll try and get a little more with uh, TNA on next week's program. Um, and one of the big things coming out of TNA is, uh, you know, Ric Flair. Well, you hit it, actually, in the uh, the news broadcast. I mean, one thing, I was going to say, Ric Flair is going to be a judge on the gut check, which I think is a really good thing for him. Um, we'll dissect next week the story that uh, Dave talked about with uh, TNA and Hulk Hogan wanting to film wrestlers out in their real life. Um 
I, again, trying to be objective, this is interesting. This could be really, really cool or an absolute train wreck. I don't think there's any middle ground with this. Um, now, again, when Hogan's looking at Hogan Knows Best, Hogan Knows Best got a lot of attention, a lot of media attention, positive and negative. So if we're looking for attention, who knows? I mean, who knows if this helps TNA at all, but... Um, Quickly, I mean, what do you think of this, Dave? I mean, I, like I said, I think it's either going to be an absolute shit show or it might actually be kind of cool, like watching a documentary film. What do you think, Quick? I think it's going to be a shit show, personally. I think, I, I mean, I understand. I think Hogan, as much as I love the guy and what he's done for the wrestling business, I think he's grasping at straws right now. And I think, I mean, it's a potential risk. It's a liability. You get some random wrestling fan who's, you know, a diehard loyal TNA fan, and let's say Velvet Sky's going to get her friggin' nails done at the local salon where, near where she lives, and some, she pops out of the salon and she's got some kid with a video camera or a video phone videotaping her, you know? Like, you know, there's, there's, there's some potential liability that, that, that could fall into place there with um with that. So I don't I mean I don't think it's the best idea, you know what I mean? Like and you know, with all due respect, I understand these these wrestlers are in the public spotlight, but they also got lives of their own and would like some privacy too. So now you got you know, Hogan gives the notion for fans to start filming these people when they're out grocery shopping, pumping gas, getting their nails done, you know, going to the post office, what have you. And and, you know, it these people, you know, the, the the wrestlers, they're gonna think, well, shit, you know, now we can't even leave our own homes without, you know, being bothered by a fan wanting to videotape them just for no apparent reason. It could, you know, some people could take that as being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's one thing when they're doing it for their job and they're in front of the camera and they're in the ring. But it's another thing if you're out in just the general public doing your every normal day stuff and a fan comes up and wants to film you, you know cutting the grass, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's, some people can take that, you know, very, very, uh, uh, they can take offense to it. So I, I don't think it's a great idea. I think Hogan's just trying to, trying to come up with different ways to make the company different, which I understand, but that's not the right way to do it. I mean, I, I admire the, the, the thought. I mean, I think he's trying, like, I do think grassman at straws a bit. I think he's trying to use technology, uh, an effective way to kind of help with the company, uh, more on the map. Um, but again, I'm, I'm trying to be objective about this. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's it's got a lot of potential to go really, really ugly. And what's to say that someone, I mean, you're talking about someone getting their nails done and coming out. What's to say there's not going to be some, you know, idiot that's going to pick a fight, you know, with someone and try and get it on camera to prove that they can beat someone. I mean, you know, assault's against the law, but I mean, come on. Like, that's like you're not going to see someone you know, find a wrestler out in public and kind of get confrontational with them and try and film it. Um, they could potentially be dangerous. Um, but hopefully next week we can dissect that a little more, maybe hit a little more TNA next week. We'll see how this week goes. Uh, we've gotten to the end of it. Dave, as always, it's a pleasure. A great show tonight. Those of you who called in, thank you so much for calling in. Remember, check us out June 11th at the Peppermill South and in Hartford, Connecticut. Get your signs together. The Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you, and good night.